Corinth, he's writing to the church in Rome, far away. Paul is always just, he's preoccupied with wanting to get to Rome in his mind. The Lord put that there. But he writes to them in, in Romans 1, 11 through 12, he says, I long to see you. I long to see you. I long to be with you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. Verse 12, that is, that you and I may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. Paul's saying, I can't wait to get in the room with you because when I get in the room with you and I spend time with you, God has given me something to give to you and he's given you something to give to me. We need each other. That's the way God made it. We're like a body. We can't function without each other. We think we can, but when we're detached from one another, we start to deteriorate. We need each other. I need you. Oh, but you're a pastor and you preach. One little part of the body. We need each other. It might be a visible part, but absolutely interdependent on the rest of the body. So church, don't let Sunday be the only point of contact with one another. Don't let Sunday be the only point of contact with the body of Christ, with the other believers. If you do, you're depriving yourself and you're depriving others of being edified by the gifts God has given each of you. You need each other. Connect with one another. Make a priority. Now, instantly in your mind, the excuses are there. How many of you have excuses? There you go. You and the Holy Spirit work that out. Amen? Amen. Legalism says blah, 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 blah. But the Lord's going to come in and start saying, do you hear what I'm saying, son? Do you hear what I'm saying, daughter? Oh, but I would have to give up or I would have to change Yeah, you would. You would actually have to lay down your life. You'd have to lay down your life in order to give. Yes, that's a Christian. Amen. Amen. And so Peter says in verse 10, what does he say? And back in 1 Peter 4, 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. I want you to notice the word each. Does it say, pastors, you should use your gift? Does it say church staff? Does it say church leadership? What does it say? Who is each? You is the each. That's you. We are the each. Each in Greek means each in Greek. Just helping us get to the bottom of this. That means that each of you have been given a spiritual gift by God. Qualifier, each born-again believer has been gifted with a specific spiritual gift by God or gifts so that you will use it to love and edify other believers as you lay down your lives for them. That's the only way it works is you step out in faith, you lay down your life that others might live. And God has gifted you that way. Each of you has been gifted. The church is a gifted church by nature. We are like a body with each part 
that are interdependent upon each other. We need to be focused and preoccupied in our hearts because we're abiding in Christ's love. We love one another and we are looking for ways to bless others. That is how it works. That's the church. And if you don't want to be a part of that, don't plan on being part of the kingdom. Because that is the relationship that the God the Father and God the Son have had from eternity past, one of glorifying one another. And that's what he died to bring us into, that eternal relationship with the one another. As John 17 talks about that in great depth. But each one of you has been gifted. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 7 with me. I'm not going to go in depth in all the gifts this morning. I've done that several times. But it says, Now to each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. Again, both Peter and Paul tell us that each of us have been given the manifestation, a manifestation of the Spirit, spiritual gifts. And that's the origin of the spiritual gifts. They are not the gifts of men. They are the gifts of the Spirit. They are not natural gifts. They are supernaturally empowered gifts so that you are empowered to edify someone else. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit was sent by Jesus Christ to the church to empower us to love and good works. He's the one who empowers us to obey. That's the new life within us, the Spirit of God, the Spirit of Christ, the Holy Spirit is within us. That we would walk in the good works prepared for us before the foundations of the, of the earth. God has things for you to do in his kingdom according to his will that he has prepared for you to do. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, 10, for saved by grace through faith, you know, uh, and it goes on, for we are his workmanship, we are his poema, we are his poem, his specific expression of his heart created in Christ Jesus to do good works prepared for us before the foundations of the earth. You have a gift that you have been given, that you are accountable to Jesus Christ to use to his glory, you. I've got to tell you that because quite often it, it, it's all focused maybe up here. Oh, they, they've got the gift type of thing. No, I'm a mouth. But you are the body of Christ. And for Jesus to be properly reflected and his glory to be seen the body must function. We must engage in love as we are connected to the head who directs us in all things. And by nature of your relationship with Jesus Christ as a born-again believer, each of you has been gifted by the Spirit. The church, the bride of Christ, is gifted for his glory. I want to go off the script a little bit and go back to the Old Testament for a second. There's a beautiful kind of allegorical picture of this. And I, I you know, I'm not teaching this as doctrine. I, I, just, I just think it's there and I think it's a beautiful picture of what God has done on our behalf. Genesis 24. We see Abraham sending his servant, Eleazar, to a faraway land to find a bride for his son, Isaac. Abraham sends Eleazar to a faraway land to get a bride for his son, Isaac. 
who is with him. And this servant, whose name is Eleazar, we learn that from another chapter in Genesis early on. He goes on a long journey to find a bride for his master's son. And by providence, he finds a distant relative of Abraham's named Rebekah. And upon finding Rebekah, he gives her gifts. A nose ring and bracelets for her wrists. Common in that culture, you know? Rebecca agrees to marry Isaac, whom she's never met and who lives in a distant land. And although her brother Laban tries to keep her from going on this journey, from following this Eleazar to a distant land, she decides to leave and she goes on this long journey. And finally, when she arrives to where Isaac is, she meets him in a field as he was meditating in a field. And it says many things, but it says that he loved her deeply. And the picture is the father whom Abraham is a type sends the spirit whose name is Eleazar. The name Eleazar means comforter, which is paraclete, the one who comes alongside of us picture of the Holy Spirit. He sends the Spirit to find a bride. He comes, they, and the Spirit comes into the kingdom of men. And when he finds her, he gives her gifts. And he brings her on a long journey back home to see Isaac, whom she's betrothed to, which is Jesus Christ. And because we are betrothed to Jesus, because we are engaged to Jesus Christ, so to speak, because we are his, we have been gifted by the Holy Spirit. Gifts of grace, gifts of love, gifts of charity, gifts of adoration given to her. Do you know that you've been loved by God, purchased by God, gifted by God? But here's where the allegory stops, is those gifts of God's grace are not meant to just be held onto. They're now meant to be shared with the body of Christ. They're meant to be given. And you have specifically been gifted by God to give it away. What has God put in your heart to edify one another? Go do it. The gifts he has given you are custom made for you, for you to be to use to encourage and to build up and to strengthen the body of Christ. But how do I know what my gift is? This is important. How do I know what my gift is? You know, I think, again, it's very important that we would, I would encourage you very much to go to Scripture, read Ephesians 4, 1 Corinthians 12, and 14, and don't forget 13. <laughs> In Romans 12, all those gifts chapters, I think it would be important to read through those. Those, are, those lists are not exhausted, but they cover the heart and the nature of the gifts, so I think it's very important to know. And I'm not going to talk about cessationism versus continuation and all that type of stuff this morning. I believe that gifts are active today. I do not believe we have apostles. I do not believe we have prophets in the sense that we're getting new divine revelation from God on equal bearings of Scripture. So you can, you can talk to me about that later. But God has gifted the church 
And I would encourage you to read those. But read over those and pray and ask God to manifest the gift or gifts he has given you. Ask him to do that. But it, it really is as simple, and I think I just reminded of my wife, she just simplifies things in a very profound way. It's as simple as abiding in Christ's love, obediently following him, and determining in your heart to love God by serving others. And as you do, you're going to discover your gift. I just think it's, it's like that. Someone said to me early in my walk with the Lord, it's hard to steer a parked car. It's much easier to turn the wheel while it's moving. Start moving. Start stepping out, and God will steer you into the things that he's called you to. Don't stay put. Don't let fear stop you. Move out and let God direct you. And the gift that God has given you will be centered around edifying and strengthening and encouraging the body of Christ. And by the way, when you exercise that gift, you are blessed. You can't help it. And quite often, you will find that as you serve one another in love, you're going to discover your body because the body is going to respond to it. Others are going to respond to it. They're going to be encouraged. They're going to be edified. They're going to be built up. Ruth, quite often, my daughter Ruth, she often comes by and just starts scratching my back. I'm just like, I lean into it. I'm like, yes, edifying. <laughs> I love that. The church will respond to you as you love them with the gift God has given you. The gift is going to be centered around edifying and strengthening the body of Christ. For me, it's always been in my heart to communicate the truth of God. Now, I don't want to talk about myself forever, but I just need to give an example, okay? That's, that's as I, my relationship with the Lord has been, I see things about him, and, and it blows me away, and I can't help but sing about it and teach about it. That's kind of how it flows in my heart and my mind. That's why I'm sitting here, and a four-week turns into 12 weeks, because I'm going, Yeah! You guys are going, you're crazy. That's not your gift. <laughs> I dig in and I give out. I love it. That's, that's, yes. Does that mean I'm not called to love one another or show mercy? No, of course I am. But the main way God is using me is in those areas as I connect with people. I encourage them and I counsel them in the word of God. Where I lead worship and praises of God, the truth of God revealed. You know, those things. And I'm just one among many. And so I really don't even bother with trying to define it or give it a specific name, okay? I think we get into that. I don't think it's something we need to be preoccupied with. I am da-da-da-da. No, you're a son and daughter of the king of kings, and you love one another, and it just happens to be that the way that it's expressed through you is the way that the Holy Spirit has given it to you, through teaching or mercy or whatever it might be, all these gifts. And so... I'm driven and fascinated by the character, nature, and the truth of God, and I have this desire to dig it and give it out. And so, don't even really bother with all trying to define yourself. And by the way, it probably isn't your gift if people aren't edified and strengthened and encouraged by it. Some of us try to be what we're not. Don't be that. Lean into the Lord. Success doesn't mean you stand up in front of people and talk to them for 45 minutes. 
means you obey the Lord Jesus on a day-to-day basis. And whatever he sends you, and whatever he does, you respond in love and say, yes, Lord. Amen? But don't take that to mean also that everything has to be liked. Amen? Because quite often, the Lord does things in our lives that we do not like, but we're strengthened by and edified by because of it. Amen? So don't take it as a touchy-feely thing. But the result of your gift used in love will be the edification of others. And that is why Peter says back there in chapter 4, verse 10, each of you should use whatever gift you have received to serve others. As faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms, use whatever gift you have to serve others. Some of you know what your gifts and you're not using them. Shame on you. Repent. Turn. Choose to engage the body of Christ. Amen? It's not love. People are missing out because you're holding back. Choose to engage. You know, it's not about your personality. It's not about your quirks and the type of person you are, whether you're reclusive or whether all oh, it's to just throw that out the door. Nail it to the cross and follow the Lord in love. Amen? Talking to myself. Make it a priority in your life to serve others with your gift. And when you use your gift, you're being a faithful steward. Steward means God's entrusted you with something to give away. He's given it to you to give away. You're a steward of it. And you're not an owner. You're a steward. And when you do, when you minister with it, when you give it away, you are ministering God's grace in its various forms. God's grace is undeserved. We don't deserve it. We don't deserve God's favor. The people you are ministering to might not deserve it. Amen? But you give it. That's what love does. We are conduits of God's grace when we allow the Holy Spirit to use us in our lives, in the lives of others. And in verse 11, Peter gives us really the two major categories of the gifts. And he just kind of sums them up here, okay? And here's the two major categories of the gifts. Hopefully this helps us out. If anyone speaks, they should do it as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides. And so I, I see the, all the gifts kind of just in generally, and of course there's variations, lumped up into these two groups. The gifts of God are manifested in word and in deed. Those things we speak to edify one another. And this would include preaching and teaching and those who minister in wisdom and knowledge and discernment, giving counsel, all that type of stuff. Peter says, let them do so according to God's word, which means according to what he says, to his authority and his power, which is where all authority and power is. And second, the second area is if anyone serves. Many of us are like, oh, I'm not going to preach that Bible study, but I will get out there and help you do this, or I will do that. If any of you serves, how are we to serve? Serve with what? Serve with the strength that you can provide? What does it say? Yes, serve with the strength that God gives. God provides. In other words, our service in word or in deed to the body of Christ is not to be a natural 
empowerment. It is something that the Holy Spirit empowers us to do. Before I preach, I say, God, empower me to communicate the things that you would have to do because I know Matt. And you'll sit there and you might hear something and you're changed and you're moved. Don't think that that is a Matt thing. There's the Holy Spirit working through a sinner by God's grace so that you will be encouraged and edified and built up. Amen. Same way, when you go and serve, as you do it, God, give me the strength that you provide to make this happen for the edification of this person, for this group of people, this event, this thing you want to have accomplished. That's the nature of it. They are the gifts of the Spirit, not the gifts of men. They are to be empowered by God. And that is important to know, church. What God has called you to, He will enable you to do. What God has called you to, He will enable you to do. He's going to empower you. The rest of verse 11, so that in all things, what? God may be, what? Praised through Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory and the power forever and ever. If we function as the gifted church, if we abide and we remain in His love and we choose then to let His word remain in us and we pray that His will be done, the practical outworking is going to be obedience and that obedience is going to be, I'm going to get in your life and I'm going to love you. And God's going to empower you to do that. But you've got to say, yes, Lord, and make that your preoccupation of your life. Other things are going to come in and choke that out. And they have, and they are right now. And you and the Holy Spirit, as you pray to the Father, are going to have to reconcile those things in your heart so that fruit starts to come up so that joy re-enters your life, so that others are blessed. And then you find out, actually, the reason why you're so depressed is because it's all about you. Others. Jesus, others, you. Joy, right? God has gifted you, each one of you. Don't measure yourself against each other. Respond to Jesus Christ so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ as the body functions as he says. Church, God has gifted you to lay down your life in service to one another. Our, I say it again, our church motto or saying is we exist to glorify God by loving and obeying Jesus Christ. That's simple, that's it. We exist to glorify God. How do you do that? By loving and obeying Jesus Christ. Is it possible to love God without obeying Him? No. And it glorifies God when the church, the body of Christ, functions like a true body as we are obedient to our head by loving each other deeply and from the heart, by being in each other's lives, and by using our God-given gifts to strengthen, encourage, and build up one another like the parts of our bodies do with themselves. So my encouragement to you as we kind of move into evangelism, because how many of you really want to share your faith with other people? Mark, Doug, five or six of you. Yeah. 
And yet Jesus says, go into all the world. Why in the world would you ever, ever go into all the world and preach the gospel? Because you abide. Because his love is in you. And because you obey. And he empowers you to do what he calls you to do. Lord God, thank you for not leaving us as orphans, but you've sent your Holy Spirit who not only was with us, but he's in us. Thank you for the new birth. Thank you for the gifts that you've bestowed upon your church. And Lord, any perversion of that, any weirdness, things that are just self-centered, just get it out of our hearts and our minds. But Father, all those things, all those gifts that you've given to us, Lord, we desire them and we ask for them to be manifested in our lives in such a clear and powerful way, not that we would receive the glory, but that you would receive the glory. And so God, raise up the church by letting us bow down. Maybe we be known for our love for one another our sacrificial love for one another. Change us, God. Forgive us for being selfish, for being just worldly Christians in so many respects, God. And Lord, thank you that we are a part of your kingdom. Thank you that your Holy Spirit is with us. And the very fact that he convicts us is because he desires to do something in and through us that is actually of eternal worth and value. But the way up in your kingdom is down. So Lord, we lay down our lives to you now. We ask that you would lift us up. Fill us with your love. And gift us now, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen.